0: The, no. youthscape. the youthscape
1: podcast well hello everybody and welcome to a youthscape podcast and it feels like a little bit of a different kind of one because we want to talk for the whole podcast about something that's happened this summer which has probably affected most of us, even if we didn't actually manage to get there, we've been aware of
0: it. So, Martin, welcome to the podcast. Yes, thanks. <laughs> and we should just say this is the—I think this is the first time we've done this. So we are—we're uh, recording via intergalactic. Uh, you know, we're not—we're not, we're not on different planets. The North is not a different planet. We oh, are.
1: Um, we are on different planets. We're but, not on the same page, Martin. We're not singing to the same script, and we're not in the same choir.
0: That's right. We are. <laughs> Two sandwiches short of a picnic. <laughs> so, so, you, so you're in um the the beautiful leafy Preston, yes, and I am uh down south in the uh arid gritty, desert, gritty,
1: gritty Rygate, the
0: gritty landscape of <laughs> Rygate. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so hello, and um, and and you know, wow, what a summer. Yeah. What an amazing thing. We we um we've recorded this special edition of the podcast for you because we felt we wanted to mark this um you know this great moment in in the history of youth ministry in in the UK which is the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. the end of Soul Survivor festivals absolutely. festivals I should say end of Soul Survivor and, and, festivals.
1: And when we're really conscious that not everybody within the youth ministry world in the UK Access sole survivor, take their young people there, or maybe even go along with that style of doing outreach and discipleship and evangelism. So we, we really we really understand that. But as you've just said, Martin, we felt this this is a significant moment. It is a kind of a watershed moment and lots of decisions are being made by us, by others, by youth workers around the country about what happens next on the basis of the fact that this is ended this summer. So it is a real kind of watershed moment for all of us and a good time to ask big questions about what does evangelism look like 21st century? What does it look like to gather young people? Will that model work anymore? So yes, we thought we'd have a good old chat. And it's over the beauty of Skype, so I cannot see Martin. I can't ruffle his... Brown silky hair that I hope has been washed since he's come back from Soul Survivor. Have you washed? I
0: since have washed. Come back from Soul I, I washed at Soul Survivor, so you and I had you, washed at Soul you and I had very different experiences. Very different experiences, which we will go into. But if I just so I don't forget this, <laughs> I had the horror of these unbelievable. So we were at the the final one, which was week C, and um and the horror of those long hot days. Um, and their sweaty evening, jumping up and down in the in the big top um, with all those young people, and then I kind of thought, well, I've got to have a shower before I go to bed. I cannot inflict on the seven other guys in my tent, the um, all of whom obviously were adult leaders. Uh, there was there was nowhere I could in- inflict on them the smell of of the day past. So. So I went and found a shower and the shower was broken. And so then I had to find oh. another shower. And so I got in the shower. Obviously, this is another nudity story. I didn't mean to do it. But yeah. so I get in the shower completely ready. You know how uncomfortable it is in the shower. You know, you've got like mud on the floor and spiders on yeah. the walls. And the by day four or whatever this was, it was just, you know, it's not the best. And then I got <laughs> into the shower. And of course, at quarter past one in the morning, no hot water at all.
1: Oh, no. Absolutely
0: freezing, like ice cold. And, oh. and I was just like, what do I do here? I'm sort of committed. You know what I mean? I've yes. sort of, I'm in here now. Soap has been yeah. applied to places. I, I have to, I have to see this through. Yeah. So that was, that was how, I, that was it. My, my abiding you... memory, ironically, of an incredibly hot soul survivor is being freezing cold. That's quite,
1: that's quite nice though. Do you, are you somebody that, Folds your clothes and puts them in the smallest possible area so that like it gets least muddy. Or do you like how do you? Because that that's always a nightmare, isn't it? You go with dry clothes. Like where do you put them? Are they still dry? It is a nightmare. It is. I mean, let's face it. In the grand scheme of the world's eels it is not a nightmare. But in that moment, you're just like, ah, everything is going to get trashed.
0: These are the key issues, really, that we should be talking about on this special uh, uh, commemorative commemorative edition.
1: really like it's what human nature though isn't it we're trying to talk about this massive thing and yeah. we've gone down to there and my cup of tea wasn't very nice like it's so funny though isn't it we but, do it
0: but I, awesome. I just to answer your question um you try and create a a, a pile that is not too tall so it doesn't topple <laughs> but it sits on top of they give you a minuscule shelf in those in those shelves there's just one tiny shelf you think why aren't there yeah. more shelves in here or, or things to hang things on. So everything goes yeah. on top. And then you're just, you think you're ready. And have you had this happen, Rach? Where you've got, um, obviously you've taken off the old clothes. The old has gone. And then you've got your nice fresh pants. And then they fall into the like muddy water. And you're like, no! That was my last pair of nice,
1: fresh, clean pants. I know. Well, this is where a sarong and Berkies come in handy. So uh. Birkenstocks sarongs so, so this is where I think by day three of camping with young people fashion goes out the window and you're just like maximum poncho like it's all about the poncho Wow. I wow
0: so did
1: you have the <laughs> whole deal of, of saying to the girls on your campsites don't don't set your alarms for 4am 5am so you can get up super early because I that's one of the issues that I've always had is that the girls go like right got to get to the shower first they set their alarm super early and wake the entire campsite up. Did you have any of that? Or were your girls like, that's a very gendered question. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just the reality that it is the girls in my youth group that have done that. Um, did you
0: have that? Well, I don't want to single anyone out. I did have a no. wonderful conversation with a very, um, you know, very glamorous young woman who uh-huh. confessed to me on the last day that she hadn't had a shower <laughs> the wow. whole time. And I was but like... She- I'm kind of, I'm kind of impressed. I'm kind of pleased, uh, yes. but also, I, you know, that's there's also hygiene issues here. <laughs> but I'm not saying who she was.
1: As long as hands are kind of anti-backed for Britain, then yeah. I think
0: we're fine, aren't we? Oh my goodness! We so, went through some anyway,
1: anyway, let's let's now pull back from the micro, which is the your shower experience and anti-back. How, how was it? Because you took an enormous youth group. I came, when I came on site, I thought, I'll come and see Martin and witness the fitness of, of him doing his youth ministry. And there were just young people everywhere. And you brought them all. It was amazing. Tell us a bit about your youth group.
0: Yeah. So I'm anxious not to be doing the I've got a big youth group thing. Have you got a
1: big youth group there, Martin? Well,
0: we have a fairly large youth group um
1: and you gathered other young people from other churches that's what I like to do I, I add them on. I, I add them did that <laughs>
0: so we we had 16 others from another church down the road um which I did for you know what I told them was this is really you know an exercise in church unity yes. um but of course we all know it was so that when people saw my group it was even larger <laughs> and uh, and then and people who, would think I had a big and- youth group
1: and also did they bring with them some awesome women that did the cooking? Because I think as well, I've I have in previous years thought, like, what churches have got great volunteers? Like, I'm really struggling to get people to the cooking. I have to, say, great people to do the cooking?
0: We had so we had so in our group, we had about a hundred people. Um yeah. I would say about um uh five of those were over the age of about nineteen. Um, we've got an amazing group of um young and emerging leaders who just basically did half the if not all the work really um nice. and and then there was just a few of us kind of older ones who were just uh just watching the chaos unfold and holding our backs um but mm-hmm. um but we did have these four amazing women from um from St Mary's Rygate my church who came and just cooked and catered the whole time so so it was really amazing um and and so uh, yeah like uh, it's good to just uh, talk about our different routes through the week. I had this amazing opportunity to experience uh, a week of Soul Survivor as, a, uh, as the leader of a group, not just mm. there as a sort of one of the volunteers. Uh, I've done that in the past and then done a lot of swanning off to uh, the Speaker's mm. Lounge or the, or the Premier Inn. Um, no, and there's nothing wrong with the Premier Inn. I'll just get to that, <sighs> Rachel. Um, but, but I've done, but it was really, it was really helpful for me, uh, to be able to see the experience truly from the inside, not just as someone who's journeying with young people, but someone who's responsible for that group of young people. Mm,
1: um, mm.
0: and so, uh, so yeah, I, there was lots and lots that I probably picked up and noticed that I wouldn't have done if I'd been in my usual swanning about role. Mm, um, and
1: that's amazing. Was there anything conflicting about that?
0: Well, I mean I had my son there that was that was uh, fairly conflicting but I mean he he, <laughs> he he was amazing he had an amazing time uh, mm. but it was weird to be there as a youth leader and a speaker and a parent that was um, mm. that was a strange mixed bag of things I was absolutely exhausted to the point of not being able to speak by the end of it but mm. um but you know you do kind of because you when you're when you're kind of responsible for a group you end up in this sort of Position. I described it as being like an air traffic controller. You were aware of sort of 60, 70 different journeys that were going on. And, and my job was just to figure out who was where, who needed a bit of input, and which of our leaders we could kind of get alongside them and help them to do the next bit of the journey. Uh, and it was just this glorious chaos. I mean, there was, there was too much going on at any moment with too many young people's lives in the most wonderful way for me to ever assume any kind of control Mm. which I thought was lovely I thought was really lovely so um so I just kind of watched the magic unfold in um in in you know 10s 15s 20s different lives at the same time it was it was amazing
1: and did you did you feel that that matched the young people's expectations did because I wonder if sometimes um young people Want more of a coach or a guide through mm. something as enormous and overwhelming as soul survivor, mm. and then there are some young people that don't want any of that, they just want to access it entirely, you know, solo or with their friends. They don't really want much input from any adults or youth workers, they just want to. And, and that and it's that juggling, isn't it? Did you find that actually, probably? That approach that you took—I guess it'll, it'll come out in the wash, won't it? But do you feel mm. that that match that that kind of—I don't quite know what's happening—but yeah. that that happy chaos seems good. That do you felt that, that matched
0: your young people's the young people's expectations? Well, what we did was there were um, a, a big group of young people. Many of them weren't Christians. Many of them, I think, would say they were um, on a bit of a journey, but probably nearer the start Fantastic. of the journey
1: fantastic
0: um, and and so they're quite reserved they're from you know we this is quite an an unemotional middle class area um we don't mm. we we don't do big shows of of anything really um and so yeah. um so the first 3 days were were pretty tough going actually they were they were spectators they were watching and observing and and uh, mm-hmm. and, and and then um what happened was um we had a bit of a crisis meeting on night three we had a leadership kind of team meeting there was a load of us sat on the floor of the big top all looking a bit a bit sad um because nothing was happening And so what we then decided to do um was was actually have a kind of day of deliberate one-to-one check-ins with pretty much every young person and all we did was ask a couple of really simple questions one was what how are you finding it so far what are the highs and lows what are you struggling with and then the other one was look you know this is an opportunity if god is real this is an opportunity to meet with him in a profound way what would it look like for you in the next couple of days to take a bit of a risk and to take a bit of a step towards god and that was it that's all we did and we just caught up with all of these different kids individually over the course of 24 hours and that was the glory of having quite a large team of young leaders who were able to get alongside me and and the other older leaders um because we were able to get around everyone and ask that question And then the next two days were, you know, transformational, and it did. And I'm not, I'm not sure whether that was the, I'm not sure what that was. I'm not sure whether it was just it takes a while for people to acclimatise to something strange and different, or whether there was something really good about looking Mm. a young person in the eye and saying, "Come on, let me give you a little Mm. bit of a challenge." Um, It's amazing.
1: catalyst that sounds like that was, was amazing yeah. so that second question is actually quite genius i i can you tell us that again that so that first one i think most of us would do quite instinctively but that second one engaged imagination so what was that second question yeah, again well, the what second would it question,
0: look like yeah what would it look like for you to take a bit of a risk and and step towards yeah. jesus what would it look like for you to take you know a step forward in your faith given that this context you know is a safe space you now know what happens Uh, you know, at this place, if you're not familiar with Soul Survivor, basically there's a huge church service with very loud music and prayer ministry. That's it. And the young people had kind of got, got used to that by then. And so I was saying like, now you know what happens here and given that we are not going back to a context that looks like this, you know, what would it look Mm. like for you to just have a moment? And, um, and then, you know, a lot of them then found a, a, a moment of response in the next kind of 24, 48 hours uh, in in, in lots of different ways. Some of them, you know, went forward to become Christians. Some of them just said, oh, you know what? I feel really peaceful and I I want someone to pray with me as I feel this sense of peace. Mm. And that was awesome Mm. for them too. Those those two are Mm. equally, equally brilliant things.
1: Um, Equally brilliant. And I guess what what was wonderful about what you did um, was this overwhelming, massive environment that does, that can really feed all of our cynicism yeah. of oh, it's more manipulative and it's being created and it's I, I want to observe it because it just feels too dangerous to get involved. Suddenly, you're saying to a young person, nothing's going to happen without your consent. What do you want to happen? What does that look like? And then, the, and then the risk is this is God. He loves you. He knows you. And he's you know he is uncontrollable. We don't control God, but there's no sense of him coming and invading mm. a space that we're not inviting him into. So That's you gave it. them gave them the tools to say. Actually I cannot and that's that is beautiful I, I had I didn't have an experience of bringing young people from a youth group i've I'm currently working in this year, but a week b, um the youth group from my old church, St Peter's were there, yeah, and so these are young people I've been working with as a volunteer for about seven years. So I've seen them from age. Sort of seven eight nine and then and the, the group that was brought to so sort of 13 14 so they were my supernova guys I used to do all this meet on a Sunday morning and a couple of the girls I've mentored and interestingly Martin at the end of B I wasn't there at the end of B I was there at the beginning so I hang out I hang out with them at the beginning at the end of B three of them sent me whatsapp messages telling me that they'd gone to the front to become Christians and what's so interesting is I baptised all three of them. Well, one of them I baptised; the other two mm. um, were baptised younger. Um, they're all—they're all, yes, they're all, you know, were Christians in the sense of coming to staff, say they love Jesus, choose to follow Jesus. But there was something about being fourteen being in a venue of ten thousand yep. and really saying this this is really for me now and it was so amazing because I got the message and thought part of like, Well hang, hang on a minute, I we moved up to Hishi three months
0: ago
1: What is that about? But I think it's this journey, it's the marker, isn't it? It's There's something about this that felt, obviously for them, entirely them, in a way that the baptism three months or four years before was Mm -hmm. them, but it was still part of their homegrown community. So it probably still felt it was the next step, do you know what I mean, the assumed next step. But there was something about walking forward on their own in a venue of 10,000 that they were entirely. And, and I just, I've not seen that through that lens before.
0: And I think sometimes we get a bit hung up on that, Rach. I think, I think yeah. sometimes we're like, oh, here they are again, becoming Christians again. Yeah. You know, one of, the, <laughs> one of the interesting insights that I took from this soul survivor is uh, uh, one of the things Chris Curtis did in his SoulNet talk um, at week A um was he talked about peter the three different conversion accounts of peter Mm -hmm. and he he said you know it's not we think why are these all slightly different why is the why is the bible telling these three conversion accounts differently why is it contradicting itself and he said it's not contradicting itself it took peter three goes to give his life to (laughs) jesus isn't that and doesn't that ring so true It it, basically peter converted three times before he was serious (laughs) And so I'm like, Do you know what, that's that's such a picture of and, and for our young people, the um, the opportunity to stand up and have a line in the sand, public moment that is memorable, that sticks in their memories, that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. That's great. That's valuable.
1: And I, as you said, I don't care. If they yeah, want to go exactly. for it every week to become a Christian, I don't care. And yeah. um, I remember going to a, a, a meeting of, of church leaders, and some of the church leaders are like in the UK. Are church leaders of big churches? Yeah. So you know names that you would know, people that you, you would never dare to do this with. And Pete Craig was leading the session, and he <laughs> he opened by saying, "Do you want to become a Christian?" To this room full wow. of. Fairly senior, well-known church leaders, and he was making the point: you, you need to convert to Christ every day. And he wasn't saying because you know your destiny is not secure, and, you're, and he was not doing any, not playing any political games around theology. He was just saying we choose Jesus on a daily basis. And he literally said, "Come forward, I'm going to pray for you to become a Christian." And it, and it, you could just see the conflict in everyone's eyes. Like, I, I, I am a Christian, but yeah. actually, it was in this moment. Yes. I need you, Jeez! I need you now as much as I did at any point where it felt like a conversion point, and it was. And I, and I thought actually that let's do this more, not less. Uh,
0: so, so I <laughs> want to get. Beautiful. I want to get onto your uh, journey through Soul Survivor, but I, I, have to tell you one story. Um, yeah. And and it's important you hear this story because um, it's it's the counterbalance to I've got a big youth group, um, because <laughs> on the on the the. Th- fourth night so night four of of soul survivor um they they had an opportunity for people to respond if they felt like they were experiencing the holy spirit or they wanted prayer um yeah and so um mike Pulavarci who was leading the uh the, the the room um invited people to stand and all around the room people stood they went into the aisles they went up to the front this tent was absolutely packed with people responding to, yeah. um, to this, this altar call kind of thing. Um, and, uh, except the, um, the Rygate Surrey area of the room where, where there was just an absolute desert. Um, I think one young person had stood up and then all my kids who had just been, you know, just not just too cool for school all week. Um, mm. you know, uh, were still there. And I was like, God, what, what are you doing like come on we've been we've prayed we had a strategy we met them one-to-one um you know i've even like twisted the arm of a couple of them to you know st- go on stand up they haven't stood up you know that even my, even my stooges <laughs> even my stooges didn't stand up i'm joking i'm joking um yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i heard then i heard god say to me i know that's a weird thing to say but go with it I heard god say to me leave the tent and i was ah. like i was like what what you know what what like I'm the leader I'm the leader of this group I'm gonna stay with my flock and God said leave the tent and it was one of those things where you you know when you actually feel your body like responding before your brain does so my, my legs were carrying me out of the back and so I left my group my group who were not responding my leaders are looking at me like well he's bottled it where's he gone <laughs> he can't cope with the fact that no one's responded and I went outside um, and this is ab- this is absolutely true story. I um <laughs> I walked up to get so I stood outside the tent and I was like, well, what 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 do, what do I do now? <laughs> and I thought about should is the Lord asking me to walk around the tent seven times and pray? Right. And I was like, no, Good. no, that's bonkers. It's Ooh. not that. And so I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I didn't feel like I should go back in. So I went to get a drink and the um, there's just outside the big top, there's a a coffee bar um, and parked up alongside it, there were some of those golf buggy things that they use for first aid. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I thought, well, I'll get myself a drink. And uh, there was a little bit of a running joke through the week for my youth group because um, because I'd had a book that had come out um uh, this summer and it had been mentioned from the main stage and they knew that I was a speaker. And so my kids were were kind of uh, in, in the way that young people helpfully do uh, openly mocking me all the time for uh, <laughs> for sort of how I how I probably thought I was a celebrity. Um, and uh, and I love young people because they do uh, they do not allow you to get away with any sense mm. of kind of arrogance mm. in that sense. So I was beautiful anyway. However, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so I'm ashamed to tell this story. And so I walked up to get myself a coffee um, where these buggies were parked. And uh, a man comes up to me and he says, um, hey, excuse me, are you? um..." And I said, yes, yes, I am. And he said, the driver of this buggy. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm like,
0: so I was like, oh, uh, no, I'm not the driver of the buggy. Okay. And then I, and then I walked off and then I felt, and then I felt, and then I felt the Lord say, go back into the tent now. So I was like, well, well, that was great. (laughs) That was, that was fun. So I, um, so I walked back into the tent and, uh, maybe three minutes had passed and where I'd left this arid landscape of young people staring bored, it was total chaos. It was total oh. chaos. They were praying for each other, they were crying, they were receiving the spirit, they were going forward to become Christians. They were it's yeah. just it was everywhere. And and my initial reaction was God, are you are you telling me I'm I'm out of youth ministry? Is this is this what you're saying? <laughs> and then I and then I felt no. He was saying, you know what? Yeah. You know what? You're, you're not doing any of this you're not gonna do any of this number one it's me that's gonna do it and number two I you are you are building a team and this team are gonna I've, I've decided to get this team to do all the praying this evening this team is gonna do all the leading people to faith there was one there was one lad at my um church who um, who just has had a miraculous Conversion experience over the last week. Like I just he, I could not believe. I did not have the faith that he would come back from this event. Uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, on the coach home, he was singing 10,000 Reasons" for goodness sake, right? The, the complete conversion experience, road to Damascus kind of thing. And I, I wish I could tell you that I, you know, sat and prayed with him, but I didn't. It was one of my nineteen-year-old leaders. Um, who um, who led him to, to faith. And, um, you know, I just had the pleasure and the glory of watching that unfold. Mm. But God mm. took me out of the room. God took me out of the room to say, it's not it's not about you. And, you know, I, I've learned, the, I think I've learned the lesson uh, via the, the whole golf buggy experience. Do you
1: think that's what that was then?
0: What? The, well, I think it was, I think the Lord... The Lord is gentle and kind, but also He He knows we can uh, sometimes do with being taken down a peg or two. And I think I think there's a little bit of God saying, "No, you know, you just you just yeah. my you just here to serve me. Don't think don't think any higher of yourself than that." And,
1: uh, <laughs> oh, Martin, I would love to see the whole golf cart. I'm so, I just love you the fact that you didn't fudge it and then go. Oh, now I need to try and pretend to drive the golf cart <laughs> to kind of yeah. cover up my indiscretion. I I uh, I just love these stories that you tell. And I think that God has used your book in multiple ways to remind you of this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's just interesting because I also think you're one of the least arrogant people that I know. But anyway. Um, so, in, interestingly, I, I wonder also because I, I have a little bit of a story of Soul survivor of God gently getting me out of the way. <laughs> quite, quite, quite violently, gently getting me out of the way. And I do sometimes wonder if it's. I used to think. It's because God's annoyed and cross and we're, we're overstepping the line. Yeah. But I think just like we are with young people who are uber enthusiastic and always want to be doing everything, we want to just gently say, that's great, but let's just give space to somebody else. And I I wonder a little bit, it's a spirit who says to us, I love your enthusiasm. You know, I'm not down yes. for that. I just love it. Yes. Just, just pop over there for a minute. Yes. <laughs> Just let me do what I need to do, then you can come back and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so that you know that was the that that was in a nutshell the highlight of my uh, of my time. But you, as you've alluded, um, and we sort of stay with let's let's sort of stay with the last ever Soul Survivor with Week C yeah. because you had a fairly normal Week B, but then yeah. then well, let's just put it like this: you spoke on the um, uh, the second night, and Rach. Anyone who was there would say, you did a wonderful job. You oh, you did an amazing you. job. Many people were were really challenged and it unlocked a load of stuff for a load of young people. And then, and then I got a text message. <laughs> so I'll let you pick up the story wherever you want to.
1: Well, well, interestingly, as I left site that night, I turned, I drove off site and turned back and saw the, the, all the lights that were streaming out of the big tent, because they, they, they sort of mark the dark pathways onto the campsite, yes. like, don't they, with these yes. long lines of bulbs. So I just looked back and saw all these lines of bulbs and took a photo and thought, wow, that Soul Survivor, Soul Survivor's done, it's done, they, all these lights are going out into the community, wow, you know, this explosion of, I just had this little kind of, I had to pull the car over, had a little cry, had a little kind of, one of those my sort of indulgent prophetic moments. It probably isn't prophetic. It's more just me going, wow, what a gift Soul Spiver, it continues to be to the church. Drove, drove back to the Premier Inn and thought, oh, I better write my seminar with Martin tomorrow. So I just spent quite a lot of the night writing my <laughs> seminar. And then was very, very ill all night. Very, very ill, very ill. And did that thing that was probably we all do, you soccer friends, where at seven in the morning I thought, oh, I need to be on site by nine. I'll just give it 10 more minutes. Why would I miraculously, by 10 past seven, not be throwing up if I was throwing up at seven? But anyway, and then I thought, I've got to message Martin. But I messaged him very much like, I'll be there. I'm just not throwing up. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. And then a few minutes, he said, "Mm -hmm." I'll definitely try and be there. And then you very lovely straight away sent back there, Rach, I can do this. It's all right. If you're not well, just just recover. Because you and I had, had a big seminar as well in the afternoon for your book. And I didn't want to trash that. And then I well, you could have trashed it in Martin. a much more
0: spectacular way, Rach, if you'd done. been vomiting have, over the I, kids.
1: I had to be here because I had to be here. And I had a message from Ali Martin saying, honey, if you're not well, do not come. Do not come. Do not come on site and make us all sick. And actually something that was such permission giving. Mm. So I was like, okay, okay, I'm not gonna go on site. Oh no, how do I feel about this? And but actually you and Ali did the final session and it was in the big top. It was it was it was for me I felt was a beautiful gift for Ali, not me being ill, but that she got to deliver that. Because yeah. she carried the Soul Sister stuff for so many years. And it cost yeah. her, didn't it? We know yeah. that. it wasn't. Yeah, of course. She didn't easily carry that. She felt quite like, is this right? Is this not? But she did a brilliant job. And it, I just felt, I just felt to God's saying, mate, it's closed now to you. This, this You don't need to be there. I, you know, brilliant people are doing this. Better than you. Um, and so then I thought, oh, wow. I'm feeling a bit better. <laughs> I'll get in the car and oh,
0: I'll
1: try. No, you know, no. I <laughs> Oh, my goodness! I think I saw the inside of most bins and toilets of laybys and stations <laughs> from <laughs> it's far back to present. In one point, I think I fainted in the um in the lay by at one point. Yeah, um, and then Chapel Lodge wouldn't let me stay because I was obviously very ill. And so eventually, eventually, I rang. My lovely husband said, Listen, well, I need people to come and get me? And of course, you know, this lovely church planting community we're with wanted to come and bring a coach and do an outing to come and get me. But I was like, no, just just a couple of you. I, I'm, you know, very, very ill and look horrendous because there's stuff everywhere. And So, so I eventually crawled to, a, I got to a service station around Manchester and <laughs> they came and called me. It was so vile, Martin. It was just, at one point, I was lying in the car like, I think I'm too ill to even call a paramedic. Oh like, no! Jesus help! Jesus help me! Help me! And it was so hot, and I had no aircon in my car, so it was just awful.
0: Wow, great. But anyway, I mean, there's a there's a beautiful vulnerability <laughs> about all of this, and I, I do think that that our stories share a little similarity, and yeah. um and and this is something that the next generation of events and and anyone who wants to follow after what Soul Survivor has done. Have to have to take on board the final Soul Survivor event ended. Uh, you know, it was slightly it was slightly choreographed. Of course, it was. Um, but we sang Amazing Grace together. The worship leaders all walked off, uh, and it was just a uh, just the cross was illuminated in the darkness, and that was it. And uh, and that's the thing about Soul Survivor. That is the wonderful thing that those of us on the inside know for sure. And, and it's easy if you if you haven't been on the inside for a long time, you could be cynical, but cynical about it. But but it has always been about Jesus. It has always yes. been yes. about yes. Jesus, not, you know, and they don't generally get like the world. You don't hear like the great Christian celebrity speakers of the world. At Soul Survivor, um, no. Pre- no. present company no. excluded, obviously. But you but um, don't. They never used to buy in the best, you know, as it were. They, um, they, they grew it all pretty, pretty organically. They did it with their friends. And then they stepped away in obedience to God. And at the end, it was just all about Jesus. And even even for us, our personal final experience of Soul Survivor after all these years, you ended up chucking up in lay-boys. <laughs> and I ended up being humiliated outside the tent by a man who thought I was a buggy driver. And there's something <laughs> glorious about that. And so I, I embrace it. I embrace it, so
1: yeah, yeah. Anyway, I people. I mean, it was it was quite a, a, a mad last evening, though, with the weather, wasn't it? I was I was following it all on social media, wasn't there? Didn't could not God shout from the heavens was, at one
0: point? That was. Fr- I mean, that was freaky. <laughs> Quick, tell us what and, was that? Because you were there. slightly terrifying. So. um so there was a, um, uh, as as I said, it was boiling hot all week at week C. Absolutely, you know, sweltering heat, relentless, no break in it and no forecast break. In it. it was a 1% chance of rain that evening, which is interesting, isn't it? A 1% yes. chance of rain. Yes. And then at exactly seven o'clock as the main meeting was about to start, the heavens opened with pouring rain and the loudest thunderclap you have ever heard in your life. Like, uh, it mm. must have been, I don't know how weather and science works, but it it must have been directly above the big top. And it was so loud. I don't think there was lightning involved, but it was so loud that the screens went out. The screens all crashed. <laughs> and so yeah. you had kids screaming everywhere. You had the glory of Mike pilavarchi who liked? I think does like a little bit of order. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to quieten them down. There was no way they were getting quiet. They couldn't start the meeting on time. They had to take ten minutes just to settle everyone down. There were more thunderclaps, but I've never heard anything like it. And um, I, Tom Smith, uh, I saw Tom Smith on on Instagram afterwards saying that you know, for him it was the heavens are roaring. Like it was just yes. it was just God. It was God yes. saying, "Here I am." Yes, I am very big. And uh, and 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 you know, the kids kind of all loved it. I don't think there was there wasn't a hysterical spiritual response to that moment at all. No. Nobody became a Christian because they heard no. a thunderclap. But no. there was a sense of oh heavens. This is this is really <laughs> happening, isn't it? And this is real and this is significant and God himself has shown up in a big grand you couldn't fake it. You couldn't make this noise if you had the biggest speaker in the world um kind of way and I think there's something significant in that I've even got my as I speak to you I've even put my arms out wide I don't know what that was I I got very I started to gesticulate quite wildly as I as I told that story
1: gosh I'm gosh you've made me to tears just hearing you say it because I because I think what's quite interesting about it is that whenever you read in scripture about God doing something with the weather Mm -hmm. it doesn't lead to afterwards people going there must be a God I become a Christian. It's, it's always been a very specific thing. And it's it's it is always about the greatness of God. And I, and I was just watching with interest on social media as, as the news came out about the crack of thunder. And as you say, nobody was super spiritualizing it. Nobody was, nobody was trying to interpret it other than this just happened. And, the, yeah, the, Jesus being the focus was the main focus. And it made me think, I wonder if it was God's way of saying, I'm huge, I'm here. I mean, I'm not giving up. You know, this generation, I'll roar for you. You know, it's just yeah. just amazing. I feel really choked you telling that. Cause, and again, it's one of those things that in the future people will roll eyes about. And, you know, was it this? And that's okay. That's all right. But. God, of course, God. Of course, that could be God. Why couldn't it be God? Yes,
0: absolutely. Is <laughs>
1: our faith so small that we think God couldn't have a bit of fun on the last night with a bit of a loud crack?
0: <laughs> absolutely. And everyone was
1: safe. None no was hurt. You know, this is. You know, no, amazing. I mean, we
0: did get everyone to move away from the metal poles. That's that's true. <laughs> we did do that. Um, but uh, the
1: stewards came into their own. The stewards. They,
0: oh, the stewards. But you know, just... I, I, um, I. It doesn't take much to upset me uh, scrolling through social media, but I I remember, I can't get out of my head the fact that a a particularly sceptical uh, chap who's um, who's on on Twitter, a bit of a tweeter, um, mm. who said something... That I, I read something just a couple of weeks before we went away, which was like, well, you know, it was in response to someone talking about Soul Survivor. And he said, well, you know, if, if you put a bunch of young people, excitable young people into a, uh, a, a massive tent with loud music, lights, smoke machines and hysteria. Is it any surprise that they have a profound experience of the supernatural? You know, it was like it was really cynical and it got to me at the time. And I stood there on uh, through the week and I kept bringing that back to mind. And I was like, oh, mate, I wish you could stand in this room and see the ways that this actually happens. Because when people hear about Soul Survivor and they hear about the charismatic kind of moments that happen and the 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 power of the spirit being unleashed in young people's lives in in very different ways. I think what they imagine is that there's one of those musical key beds going on, you know, when they <laughs> under the speaker. Yes. And then there's uh, you know, there's there's some flashing lights and a smoke machine and um, and yeah, there's sort of a,
1: voices, yeah, yeah,
0: and all that stuff. And do you know what's amazing about those meetings? And it's become more and more like this over the years as Mike's confidence as a prophetic leader has grown and grown. Um, he deliberately does everything he can to puncture any mm-hmm. sense of like hype. So if you're into like neuralist linguistic programming, uh, or mind reading or any of that stuff. The key thing, hypnosis, the key thing is you don't break the character. You don't break the um, the moment. You have to take people on a linear journey where they get swept up and the music increases and the hype and the hysteria increases, and then you can lead them to behave in funny ways. To anything, yeah. But mm. what happens at Soul Survivor is he makes a joke. <laughs> he makes a joke. He kills the room you know uh, everybody laughs it brings all this oxygen into the room and everyone relaxes um you know he waits he does nothing he changes direction he 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 doesn't hype people up you know his, no, his famous thing is we don't hype God up he comes down you know um and yeah. and and that is just and i wish the cynics could see the way that god moves in people's lives because it's gentle and it's surprising and it is not what you would see happen if you were Leading young people for a hyped reaction.
1: No, no, and it's and also I get I get very angry about that kind of cynicism because one of the most beautiful God created things about adolescence um, is a profound desire to have a shared, collaborative, huge, immersive experience that feels like defines a generation that and that is not. Um, that, that that is beautiful, that is brilliant, you'll see youth culture is regularly seeking to create that, and so I, I think what's been beautiful about Soul Fibers is, is everything you said, and and when I have preached there, Mike will specifically say, just end your preach, and then we'll just see what happens there's no, it's absolutely yeah, it is cut off there, and it's Say less, don't say more. You know, mm-hmm. It's very specific. We're not, we, you know, we, we care for these young people too much to, to have any controlling sense. Um, but the other thing is that these, this, then this really intimate, gentle encounter with Jesus happens with 10,000 young people. And the quiet that, that descends is unbelievable mm-hmm. with 10,000 young people. Mm-hmm. And that's count, that's countercultural as well, isn't it? When do you get 10,000 young people together? And it is quite so. It's it's not that it's as you say it's hyped up. It's it's how amazing for a young person who's the only Christian at school or the only Christian in their community to have to know that they can have an intimate encounter with the, with the Father. Yeah, and they can look around the room and nine and a half thousand other people are having the same thing. I mean mm. that 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 is like don't we want that for this generation? We want we them to know that they're not alone. And, and I, I so I'm the same as you. I, I feel it's. I feel it's bordering on robbing young people, actually, of how God created them, to how they're wired.
0: Mm.
1: And of course, we need to challenge when we see people manipulate. Of course yeah, we of do. Course but we, we could be as manipulative in a kind of a progressive, it only ever happens on the street, you know, make sure you drop the F-bomb every two words. That can be as manipulative yes. as preach on a platform. So I think, yeah, we we need to be very careful that we don't um, just, yeah, we don't destroy how young people are made in our desire to not control them. Yeah, it is powerful. And actually, when I was on the, when I was preaching that last night and and Ali and Andy and Mike all come up and then we just wait, you know, wait for for God to do stuff. And I said to Ali quietly, I think, I think I've got something. And I said, can I share it? And she said, well, I tell you what, don't, don't use the word anger because that's a triggering word, isn't it? Just, just share that, that, that there might be a big emotion, don't yeah, If, if it is that, that then mm. they'll know that. Just less words, Rachel, just mm. less. And I thought, there we go, that's another example. Just, yeah. just less words, just say, someone struck me with big emotions. Don't, don't feed what that might be. Mm. I'm going to dig it up, if it's them, they know. So I thought, yeah, that is very authentic right the way through, very, yeah.
0: So, so you and I both kind of see the value of these large scale gatherings of young people and um and i I'll, I'll tell you where i stand on this right away there have been a few people who've said maybe maybe big gatherings of young people is a thing of the past like maybe maybe this generation doesn't need big gatherings of young people oh, i think that's absolutely ridiculous i think that's a ridiculous suggestion young people love big gatherings look at um, rock Con- they fill wembley stadium for taylor swift Why would we not have large gatherings of young people come together to have a corporate experience of God if we do still think they want to come together for corporate experiences of a pop star? That's crazy. So there is this there is this question of like what comes next? And across the summer, there were a few that were pointed to. We know there are others as well um and uh, yeah i mean it's just amazing to think what comes next i wondered whether now let, let's just do a little let me do the caveat okay um yeah. it, regular listeners to the podcast will know that um we were for a long time planning an event for 2020 um and we decided not to do it in 2020 i think there is a as i said at all three weeks a more than good chance that youthscape will start something new but not until 2021 um mm-hmm. but uh, so it does allow us to just sort of um uh, just make sure that people are aware of all the other stuff that's happening but given that we're in this uh, slightly different position i wonder what advice we would give to those who are ah. seeking to go after uh soul survivor so we've got mm-hmm. um limitless festival which is the uh, coming out of the elim uh, movement, but for the whole church, we've got Dreaming the Impossible, which is similarly coming out of the Vineyard Movement, but for the whole church. Then there's a Movement Summer Camp, which is down in the southwest, uh, which is an activity centre, so very different flavour. Then you've got Luminosity, which takes place within the context of the New Wine uh, event at Peterborough Showground. Um, so I think the idea is there's a separate youth village there. And then Focus Alive, which is the same story, really, with the with the HTB Focus Camp. There's a separate youth village um, where you can camp with your youth group. There's also new stuff going on, Big, big Church Day Out for young people, which is earlier in the year. And have I missed anyone? Well,
1: I think also at Easter time, there is other things as well, aren't there? So yeah. spring harvest, um, again, a, a different vibe, but years of experience of great youth ministry with young people. And in Harrogate, you can do indoor camping at Easter time. So there are, if you're looking for a summer thing, I think you probably nailed it um, I did, for the main I did forget yeah. the
0: biggest one, actually. So New Day, uh, which is the New Frontiers Movement's yes. uh, camp. Um, yeah. that, that has been going for many years and, and, and has attracted, I think continues to attract six or 7,000 young people every yeah. year. Uh, and that's not going anywhere. Um, so, so there's all of those and many groups will pick one to go to many, many groups, I guess, will decide instead of going to Soul Survival, we will still take a group away in 2020, but we'll choose one of those. So, so Rach, to yeah. put you on the spot... Uh, what would be your advice to those who are seeking to go after Soul Survivor?
1: I think, and I'm I'm doing this now because I'm part of the youth team here at the Minster, and so we're up north um, with young people that um, are, are totally new to church and have no, so there's no expectation that people we're working with that, that will replace anything. So I uh, so I think what we're going to do is take a year's gap. We're going to do something ourselves locally next mm. year. And I guess a number of groups will do that. So I think, although we as YouthScape want to say, you know, check out what's happening nationally, there's some great things. They're all slightly different flavour, but they're excellent. I guess there'll be a number of groups that might say, well, well, the first year gives us opportunity to just do something local ourselves. Yeah, um, that's true. So I think that's what, that's what we're going to do to kind of get to know the DNA of our young people a bit and see. And I guess... Um, also, you're probably looking for a, a festival that, that where there are young people that look like the young people that you work with, where the speakers represent the young people that you work with, where the topics that are covered, where the things that are talked about kind of really will serve the young people. So I think I, what I'm trying to do is I know what would serve me. I know what would make me feel like I've enjoyed taking young people to a festival, but I actually think the young people that I serve are actually going to be served differently by different Festival that I might not feel super comfortable in, or it might not be my space, but yeah. actually will really serve them. So I think
0: that's just
1: just I would say get down all the things that your expectations would be, and then say what were actually for my with young people, and 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 if it's different, then it's the young people. <laughs> um, and so probably i be I'll be looking for one that really serves urban setting really well, that's mm-hmm. ethnically diverse, mm-hmm. that also allows young people to ask the big questions about faith and science, not just sorry I shouldn't say not just about prayer and ministry, all that, but also that asks the big questions about how do you live for Jesus in the 21st century? So they're, they're some of my kind of criteria.
0: What's what's amazing there, Rach, is you prophetically answered my next question um, Ooh, before you answered the question I actually asked you. Uh, but the, the, So the question I asked you was, uh, what what would your advice be for those organising events as they mm. seek to follow after Soul I Survivor?
1: Think- Oh, sorry. But that's all right because you've answered
0: the next one. But let, so I'll answer. Yeah. I'll answer that one. Yeah, you the first one. Then what?
1: what what's your advice
0: so though, I, to be running events? Well, I, and, and feel free to chip in. But my view would be: um don't try to copy Soul Survivor. If you're running an event mm-hmm. in 2020, don't try to copy Soul Survivor. For sure, take some of the DNA. Take some of what works. But it's got to be it's got to be authentic. It's got to be distinctively your movement and also distinctively what God is calling you to do. Um, and yeah. so I think there's a real danger that if you were organizing I mean, I nearly was organizing something next summer, so I know exactly how yeah. we think. Um, you know, it, it would be really easy to look at everything on the Soul Survivor program and say, right, we'll have to have one of those, one of those, one yes, of those. Yes. And you have a sort of IKEA flat pack build approach to creating a, a new festival. Now, of course, for some of these, they already exist. Some of them, um, you know, uh, already have a flavor. And I would say just, just bring out more of the flavor you already have. Um, there's, there's, there's no reason why God would ask Soul Survivor to stop <laughs> only, only to just replace it with a carbon copy of Soul Survivor. Now exactly. I should quickly I I'll that is a, a quote from our friend Jamie Cutteridge. Um but it's um I, I just more and more as I reflect on it, I think it's absolutely right. God wouldn't call Soul Survivor to close down just to replace it with a copy of Soul Survivor. It doesn't yeah. it just doesn't yeah, make it any doesn't sense doesn't make to sense. us. And there are ways in which Soul Survivor is absolutely wonderful, but 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 also ways that it has reached its sell by date. Like it has reached mm the point at which something new is needed and they knew that and that's one of the reasons why it's finished and yes. um, and so don't now go and try and replicate that model like it's got to look a little bit different and the other thing is Thanks. like that, that i mean it's really obvious and we've already said it but you have to a hundred percent authentically have jesus at the center of this thing or it will fail like mm-hmm. if you if you don't put jesus ahead of any sense of building a movement building your brand building yourself all the things that I would find it hard to resist as mm-hmm. a person leading something like this um then it will it will fail it's got mm. to be about Jesus in the same way that Soul Survivor was mm. what about you yeah I
1: know I absolutely agree and I think um yeah Soul Survivor is a movement that, that can't be replicated and Lessons to learn from it is they didn't set out to make a big event. They just were faithful that year. Yes. Took a few young people away. Added numbers. So so they definitely surfed surfed the wave that was there in front of them. They they were Mm. pioneers, weren't they? Mm. It, it, It didn't exist. So I think our great strength in this country is that we know we can run festivals and and events and that people like the youth workers listen to this podcast you know you and me we're going to get our young people to them these events rely on youth workers like you and me doing the hard work of getting our young people there so um so we know there's a culture of that here the the problem with that is that because we've got that nailed are we now looking enough for the new waves the new things that that will feel dangerous and, and really pioneering, and we don't know if anybody will come with us on this. So I'm really hoping, and you've this is our heart, isn't it? And there'll be others as well. I'm really hoping that as our friends run stuff that we know will really serve a generation yeah. Um, and, and it feels tested and tried and we know it's safe and will work, yeah. But also there'll be enough coming through that is really innovative and is really a bit dangerous and, and feels like it could all fail. Found- that's, I think as we move forward, I'm really hoping that as a whole youth ministry community, we can cheer on the, the breadth of it. We won't yeah. suddenly say, oh, well, the people that run it like it used to be, they're a bit dated, and the only people that are exciting are those that are getting kids to climb off a cliff. In you know what I mean? I, I hope that we, it all moves forward really well together, and we're really yeah. honouring of each other, because I think that's, that is important. I suppose, Martin, what I'm pleased about is that the big beasts like New Wine and, and Focus have because of the catalyst of salt fibre stopping have said oh oh young people oh yeah our young people and it, it invested more so i'm really glad that we're seeing an increase in youth investment i really hope that filters down to into the churches as well yeah not just that that isn't just held at a festival conference level yes but that youth that you know we we, we know don't we that there are more youth worker posts out there than there are youth workers just Building which which feels like a strange place to be in when we've had so many years of youth ministry. so so I think there is real need across the country to re- release resources on the on the local church level, yes, as well, so. not just on the national level. but but I'm excited, I am excited. and I have 35, 40 teenagers that hang out on Preston minster grass and graveyards every day and our youth worker Beth, I'm one of her volunteers, like we're just saying, yeah, you know, we we haven't got to go anywhere to find them. They're here. They're yeah. here. <laughs> so many young people that don't know Jesus. So for all of those that are going to be served by the festivals that are increasing, there are thousands and thousands of teenagers who who still don't know Jesus and don't yeah. you know, we we've gotta have our eyes on them. We've gotta create stuff that really connects with them. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah,
0: yeah that's a great that's a great way to, to as we come into land. As come land. The watch you would say. Oh, um, yeah. that, uh, that, that's amazing. Um, are we going to do any shout outs this week? Should we should we, I think we should probably do some shout outs to the glorious uh, leaders of of Soul yeah. Survivor. uh mike pilavachi i hope
1: hope they're all on a lovely tropical island somewhere
0: (laughs) oh they're not listening (laughs) to this
1: they probably are not they're back at home like getting their kids ready for school but (laughs) i I
0: hope they're not listening to this but uh but but mike pilavachi what what an extraordinary ministry what an incredible you know four decades or so of service now to young people it's just amazing um Mm -hmm. and ali martin who you know we know and love you know has been such a beating oh. heart of that thing and and i think you know oh, was a, a, so many moments holding the whole thing together probably yeah. and andy croft and then there are um who's also awesome i should say some things about him, <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I, love him. Andy I love him i love him uh you know but there, there's so sure. many of those people and it's really too many to name there is. beyond that yeah. but over the years there have just been legions of wonderful people who've given themselves sacrificially to not to soul survivor Given themselves to jesus yes, uh, and and then the, the way they've worked that out has so been, been through soul survivor yeah. um so big shout out to you
1: all of you we love you we thank you we thank you so much and we thank you so many youth workers listening to this podcast and serving right now found their calling at soul survivor yeah. and and we learned to pray at soul survivor we learned to say holy spirit i'm here what do you want to do and we learned to wait and as, Mark, as Mike, the last time he taught us on stage how not to pray and how to pray, and the how to pray was just Jesus, you're here. What do you want to do? And I'm not going to wait. And I just thought that's it. That's what you've taught a generation to do. That's right. To just speak to Jesus very normally and then to wait. So and let's let's keep hold of that. Let's keep waiting on Jesus. Wow.
0: The thing about leaving Soul Survivor year after year is many people identify with this. That sense of you know, you know that thing where you're you're absolutely on fire with your faith yes. and then it starts to, um, uh, you know, life starts to catch up in lots of ways. Life gets busy and what can often happen is, and we see this in our young people, but we also see it in ourselves, that sort of sense of surety and passion and commitment just starts to fade a bit when you get back yeah. to, to normal life. And, and the challenge as we have young people, you know, this is the challenge I'm facing right now, um, with a group of absolutely fired up young people, um, is, is how you now grow in, as Mike used to say, you don't grow in the mountains, how you grow in the valleys, um, mm. when you come back down the mountain. And, mm. um, and there are lots of, lots of ways to do that and top tips and all that sort of thing. I'm not going to do that now. I just often, think when I'm in this moment I often think to myself I wish I could grab myself a month ago or six months ago shake myself by the shoulders and say you know he's real don't you you know yes. he moves in extraordinary power and that he is gonna he's gonna turn the world upside. so he's still gonna turn the world upside down and he is still um alive and working in even those young people in your youth group right now those young people in your youth group right now And this is me a month or six months ago, you know, who it looks impossible that they would ever be interested in coming to a church service, let alone being introduced to Jesus. God is working in those lives as well. And then you come to something like Soul Survivor and you see it happen and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, like, Uh... oh, 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 I'm such an idiot. I'm (laughs) such an idiot. And, and you say, can I become a Christian? Can yeah. I, maybe that's time to become a Christian. And maybe maybe that's should, what we need to do. Maybe we should become Christians now. Let's yeah, come let's to the front Christians. of this podcast. Um, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, so, so if you're listening to this in like, I don't know, you're pro- you might be listening to this in September. If you're listening to like February, March, just just hear this from one who knows for absolutely sure that God is real. And he really is moving powerfully in the lives of your young people. And he'll continue mm. to do that in the streets of Preston as much as he will in, uh, in, in a big top in Peterborough. Amen. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the challenge now for all of us is to try and normalise some of those, uh, that, that sense of commitment and emotion that we have right now to normalise that all year round. Um, mm. And that's maybe the challenge for the next generation of, uh, of festivals and camps as well to see if we can get even better at, at normalising that that certainty and that passion and that commitment to Jesus. Um, mm. So that that's I think that's probably the best place I can leave this. Rach, why don't you do a glorious wrap-up for our listeners?
1: Oh, well, I, I think you've done the May You. You've nailed the Mayu. You. I, I was just sitting here just letting it wash over me. Do you know what I was thinking? I was just thinking. I had a picture of... Um, The the, the lovely guy that's leading the the church plant here, Sam, what he's done is when every every new person has rocked up and joined our community is he has laid on, I think at his own expense, a really beautiful car to come and pick them up and take them into, bring them into minster for the first time. Like it's the most, he's not a loaded guy. This is just his way of saying you're so precious that, that the first time you come here, we want to lay on something beautiful people. And I was just thinking, you know, we're sending out our young people into the normality of every day, but their identity is transformed, isn't it? They the most important thing is that they are sons and daughters of the king and that and somehow helping them to live in that every day. I'm just thinking, imagine if we, you know, blew the budget for the entire year by sending our young people to school the first day of term in a Mercedes. Like, <laughs> what would that say to them? Like the church of just laying on a Mercedes to take you to school to so you want you to remember that who you are, remember that you you travel as royalty. And so I'm just thinking, may may you, youth worker today, whatever vehicle motor mode of transport that you take to go anywhere, may it feel like you're in the world's best living or the world's best Mercedes that that somehow you're not not—you're not better than others. It's not about being better, but it's about being a new creation. And we, and we know, when we know who we are, that we are children of God, sons and daughters, that is the point that transforms everything for us and our, and our leadership too. So thank you, Mike and the team, for helping us regularly remember who we are and whose we are. And thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it hasn't been too disruptive over Skype. And thank you, Martin. So you can jump in your limo now to go back home. I know that's
0: how you travel. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into a golf buggy.
1: <laughs> are you that guy? Are you that? Are you that guy that? Are you that guy that? Like... Yes,
0: yes I am. <laughs>